Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. FTX has caused unimaginable damage to the cryptocurrency markets, and it looks like there is more damage, more pain to come. In today's call, we're going to talk about what is going on with FTX and the latest shocking development to the FTX story that has many people across the world absolutely shocked. If you hold crypto in any capacity, if you are involved in the cryptocurrency markets to any extent, you're going to want to stick around until the end of the call and hear about the shocking developments that have occurred in our space. And it is not all doom and gloom, even amidst all this chaos that I'm going to tell you about. Once we cover the chaos, we're going to go on to the silver lining. Our on-chain analytics team has identified a really good opportunity in the cryptocurrency markets right now, which I want to share with you so that there is at least some good news in all of this. So let's get into it. So a rundown of what was going on with FTX until we go on to that shocking development, which sort of contradicts everything that has just happened. It seems like justice really is a dish best served cold, as the law is finally catching up with Sam Bankman Fried and Co, who work together to lose more than $7 billion worth of customer funds. On December the 12th, SPF was arrested in the Bahamas just 24 hours before he was able to testify before US Congress. Nine days later, on December 21st, Caroline Ellison, former CEO of Alameda Research, and Gary Wang, former CTO of FTX Trading Limited, have been charged by the SEC with defrauding investors. SPF has allegedly signed the documents for his extradition to the US. He may arrive in the US to be arraigned on eight federal charges of fraud, conspiracy, and campaign finance violations. Now led by the new CEO, John Ray, FTX plans to wind down the exchange and work with a court-appointed trustee to share assets among creditors. According to a court hearing on Tuesday, FTX has unearthed $1 billion worth of assets, including $720 million in cash stored in hundreds of bank accounts. This cash is stored in various US financial institutions, but FTX still has access to an additional $500 million. The FTX new CFO says they are reaching out to all of those banks and changing the signatories on the account so that we can get access to the accounts and move the cash as much as we can to authorized depository institutions. A statement of assets or financial status, which is necessary under US bankruptcy law, has not yet been submitted by FTX. Cilia predicted that the company would be able to submit the documentation in April. Due to the size of FTX, its collapse already brought on catastrophic contagion risk. However, with justice being served and the new management team at FTX, things at least looked a bit more positive until the huge news that has come through very, very recently. The shocking news for all cryptocurrency investors. Let's talk about that right now. CEO previously of FTX, Sam Batman fried is out of arrest on a $250 million bail. We have video footage of him now walking out of the decision to grant his bail, looking pretty chuffed and happy. We very clearly hear that question of what do you have to say to your investors who have lost so much, to which Sam Bankman-Fried had no response. 
This has shocked many in the cryptocurrency industry because, of course, Sam Bankman-Fried has been on a lot of uh, what some people would call a press tour, telling people how upset he is, how much money he's lost, how he only has about $100,000 left in his bank account. So many people are confused about where this $250 million magically appeared from. So based on the footage we just saw, Sam Bankman-Fried will be spending his holiday season in the comfort of his parents' estate thanks to a federal judge. Fresh off his extradition from the Bahamas, SBF appeared in US federal court in New York just yesterday to face charges alleging his role as kingpin of the now defunct cryptocurrency exchange FTX. The judge set bail at $250 million for accusations including fraud, money laundering and campaign financing violations. Much to the chagrin of many justifiably vindictive patrons, the bail was quickly posted by Bankman Fried's parents, who put up their Palo Alto, Californian property to secure his release. More conditions were also stipulated as part of SBF's tentative freedom. He isn't allowed to conduct financial transactions more than $1,000 and cannot open any new lines of credit, amongst other requirements. The disgraced former CEO of Alameda Research, Caroline Ellison, and FTX co-founder Gary Wang signed plea bargains requiring them to plead guilty to federal charges and comply with investigators in their search for information regarding the actions taken leading to the downfall of the exchange. Many are questioning, as discussed, where that $250 million pail came from secured by the parents' Palo Alto house. Do they live in a castle? Uh, Are they some sort of royal family we don't know about? 250 million seems like an awful lot to support or be supported by a house. Many people are pointing out that the maths here just doesn't add up. There are 60 homes for sale in Palo Alto, for example, ranging from 950k to $53.9 million. As of December 2022, Joseph Bankman's net worth was $5 million, Barbara Fright's $3.8 million, and Sam Bankman Fried had 100k left. So unless money grows out of trees, and if it does, show me the damn tree, we don't really know where all this has come from. What's nice about this day and age is we can feel like we were actually present in that room. We know exactly what the judge said in coming to this decision. This individual has no prior criminal history of any time and strong ties to this country. His family lives here. There's no record of violence. He is a citizen. This is a first arrest. You read something like this and you think that he's been caught being a public nuisance or something like that rather than defrauding hundreds of thousands of people of their life savings. The judge goes on to say that the defendant has now become so famous, so easily recognizable that it would be impossible for him to continue financial transactions. And you'll remember that he was previously denied bail in the Bahamas on the justification that he's a massive flight risk. So he's just going to run away or not run away like other people in the cryptocurrency markets like Do Kwon have. Um, and he's, the judge says that this is unlikely to happen because people would just recognize him. So they decided to permit release. But it's unlikely that Sam Bankman Fried is really chuffed here because the fact that two very close people in his company or team have pleaded guilty makes things look bad for him. Caroline Ellison pled guilty to two accounts of 
conspiracy to commit wire fraud, two counts of actual wire fraud, one count of conspiracy to commit commodities fraud, one count of conspiracy to commit securities fraud, and one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. If she had gone to trial, Ellison would have faced a maximum sentencing of 110 years in prison. Wang also had a bunch of charges and would have faced 50 years of hard time if they did not plead guilty. What is quite interesting about the different counts they've pled guilty for is that it's not just about cryptocurrency. There's also a lot of mentions of securities here. This will make it easier in court for people who want to charge the actors in FTX because of course there's not clear-cut regulations or rules or policies on crypto so the defense might have tried to say listen you cannot say these actions were uh, criminal there was not clear laws on them but there are clear laws on securities commodities these kind of things so they'll be quite happy that they managed to get a guilty plead on those counts. A lot of people will recognize Caroline Ellison from some of the very strange comments she gave in previous interviews. And changes depending on the position that you guys get these who are shooting. Yeah, I think we, we tend not to have things like stop losses. I think those aren't necessarily a great risk management tool because uh, they often sort of lead to you being closed out of your position in relatively low liquidity situations and losing to that. Uh, kind of like exacerbating, you know, momentum from liquidations and things like that. Um, yeah, we definitely have like sort of risk limits though. There's also other clips in this interview where she claims she only uses elementary school math. And remember, you can only actually be convicted of an offence in one of two ways. First, by pleading guilty, as Caroline has done, or second, by being found guilty following a trial. Pleading guilty to an offence means that you accept you have committed that offence. Once you plead guilty, you are convicted of the offence. For this reason, following a guilty plea, there is no need for a trial and the court will proceed to sentence either immediately or at a later hearing. So what incentive is there then to plead guilty? Pleading guilty only makes sense if you are very sure that at trial you will be charged guilty. This could be because you are guilty and the evidence is going to be overwhelmingly against you or for whatever reason you could think that there is so much evidence even though you're not guilty, that you're gonna be found guilty. Uh, but either way, if you plead guilty or indicate a plea of guilt at the first available opportunity, you will be normally given a third credit, a one third reduction in the sentence, which would otherwise have been imposed if you were found guilty at trial. So it looks like Caroline actually does have decent risk management. She knew she would be in for about 110 years prison time, has pled guilty to hopefully get a reduction in that sentence. The SEC were very quick to claim this as a victory, tweeting that they charged Caroline and Gary for their roles in this multi-year scheme to defraud equity investors in the crypto trading platform FTX. Again, note the language here specifically referring to equity investors, because again, in the realm of equity, there are actual rules and practices that make it easier to charge them clearly. I also promised you some good news, something that I've got my eye on in the cryptocurrency markets that our on-chain analytics team has flagged. So let's end this on a positive note, shall we? It is the festive season after all. Let's look at what our on-chain analytics team have identified as opportunities in the cryptocurrency markets right now. Our on-chain analytics team has a very nice methodology. By considering the top NFT projects on Ethereum by volume, they identify trending NFT collections, carrying out due diligence to understand whether they should invest or look for projects with similar traits. They recently identified that LUSD bond NFT remains in the top five as it has since launch. The DeFi mechanism continues to gain adoption with total value locked in the protocol continuing an upward trend, a rare sight in today's DeFi space. 
Mutant Hound Collars is also a new project launched nine days ago. Whilst not linked to Bored Ape or Mutant Ape, projects that share similar names tend to do well on launch. And of course, we see that three of the top five are Yuga Labs projects that have performed particularly well after announcing their new CEO is Daniel Allegra, the COO of Activision Blizzard. Now, as well as looking at overall market volume, we can break down smart money buys and sells to understand their market sentiment. Over the past few days, we have seen an increase in smart money buying activity. This was largely driven by certain wallet addresses who went on a Bored Ape Yacht Club buying spree, collectively purchasing $6.3 million in the last 11 days. These two addresses appear to be at Matchy Big Brother, with the other sharing the name of Nansen blockchain lead, AIO ETH. Although we should note this is speculation, given there is nothing to link the wallet and the Twitter account other than the shared name. So we like to present you with the exact data that our on-chain analytics team uses, but now three ways you can quite deliberately use this data for your advantage. Number one, continue researching the NFT gaming ecosystem. Last week, we noted the strong performance of blockchain gaming projects that had released games. Since then, the gaming NFT index has risen by over 50% with exciting news, including Yuga Labs' appointment of the COO of the eighth largest gaming company in the world. Number two, pay special attention to Yuga Labs' gaming efforts. After this announcement, we recommend monitoring Yuga Labs' announcements to track any that relate to gaming. And finally, do not fight the trend. Whilst there continues to be opportunities in the NFT market, we do not recommend investing a significant allocation to the sector given the overall macro downtrend. Our on-chain analytics team every single week uses on-chain data to find opportunities like this. We give you opportunities, we give you updates of the news. What more could you possibly want? Rhetorical question. Thank you for listening. Namaste for those who celebrate it. Have a lovely Christmas weekend.